0: 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I'll read it out loud. You read it silently. And let's ask God to open our understanding to it this morning. And illuminate our hearts. And let's get in this scene. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. One of the young preacher's wives. Unto Elisha the prophet, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant my husband did fear the Lord and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen or to be slaves and Elisha said unto her what shall I do for thee tell me what hast thou in the house and she said thine handmaid hath not anything in the house well except or save a pot little small cruise of oil Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. Get a lot of them. And when thou art shut in, thou shalt shut the door. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel, bring me another one. And he said unto her, Mama, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stopped or stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. I want to walk through this story and lift up some things that maybe we haven't seen. Maybe God would reveal to us and help us to see where we are right now and just possibly what God may have for us in the coming year. You see, what I found is in this moment, I see a lot of people who are discouraged and who lack hope. They are defeated because of what's going on around us. Things are not the same. But I told them in the early hour, what if this is the moment that God is going to use to get the attention of every one of us? What if... While we cannot gather as a whole church family, all together in the same room, while we are uh, social distancing more and more, while we're in these unusual moments, what if God wants to get us where we need to be, where we are thoroughly right with God, with the right perspective of, of Him? And what if, as the socialists—no, socialists—sociologists are saying, little different group? What if the sociologists are saying this? I've been hearing it the last few weeks. They're saying that after this moment, after the the vaccines, and after we get through this, that they believe there's going to be a mass return to gatherings, whether it be uh, secular settings. They even mentioned the old speakeasies of the 1920s that after one of those plague deals, they had those speakeasies. People were crowded into small areas all the time. What if gathering will become important again? And just what if? What if in that moment... And I can see this. When we've been scattered so much and separated so much, what if a mass of people start returning to the house of God? By the way, if that happens, we're going to be glad we built this big old building. And we'll fill it up more than one time or two, and the balconies will be filled, and we'll probably have to clean out those instruments and move them down and squeeze them into here to sit more people there and up in the top as well. And service after service, what if they all come and the fire of God falls? What if that happens? And we experience revival like we've never experienced before. All because of a pause moment that God pushed in the life of the church during the last year or so. I'd say it'd be worth it, wouldn't you? If God wanted to do that. He surely has my attention. I believe He has the attention of the world right now. Somebody said, boy, this has been a hard year. Might be the best year we've ever had getting us ready for what God has in mind and has planned. Let's notice number one In this story. In verse 1 and 2. Number 1. The troubling situation. The troubling situation. Here's a woman. Her young husband. As they trained. In the school of the prophets. She said. Elisha. You know my husband. He's in your little Bible college. He's dead. Because we didn't make much money. We had to borrow. And we've got all this debt. And because of the debt. They're coming. And I only have two boys. Elisha. And Elisha, they're going to take my two boys and they're going to make slaves out of them. She was at a very dark moment in her life. And can I stop for a moment and tell you that some of you are right there right now? You are either right there, listen to me, don't get too proud if you're not. Because there might be a moment just beyond this one that's going to be for you. Yesterday I stood with the family and shed tears with them as they said their words of goodbye. In a service publicly for their father. Today at 2 o'clock at the Spring Branch Church. I'll stand again with the Nailers For the funeral of William Bright Godwin. William, young William that comes to our churches. And Barbara's husband, William's daddy. 69 years of age. I hope some of you will join us at the graveside today at 2 o'clock. And I'll stand there with them as we grieve. And then we'll leave there and drive to Lillington. Where Nathan and Holly Rawls. it sit right over here. Look, Holly Emilson grew up in this church, married Nathan. They're precious to us, those two, and their children. His father, long battle with cancer, has died. The funeral today at 4 o'clock, visitation before. But not just death. Not just death. Some have lost so much. Some are facing disease and challenge. People are sitting home watching this live feed that have sat so faithfully in this church. But because of their condition, There are some in hospitals today, but not just physical, but spiritual and emotional battles and anxiety, depression. But have you ever found it to be true in this Bible that oftentimes before God shows up and does something big, it often starts with a really major issue? Would you really think about that? Oftentimes before God shows up, there has to be something. I made fun of because I love Hallmark movies. And in every Hallmark movie, there's, things are going really well. And then all of a sudden, there's a crisis. You know, they're going to break up. No more happily ever after. And then all of a sudden, magically, the miracle happens. Nothing wrong with that. By the way, that's what I see as a pattern in, in much of Scripture. God likes to move when things are challenging. Hey, I don't like it when things are going too smooth. It worries me. It worries me that I'm not pulling on the devil near his back. And maybe he's got a little bit more control than he ought to have. I actually like it when God's moving in a challenging way. For for no other reason it gets people's attention. I think a line has been drawn in the sand over the last year. And I think those who are really born again, they will continue to follow Jesus in this moment. If If they were just a casual Christian, You know what I'm studying right now? The difference between the Christian life, listen to this, and the Christ life. The difference between all the lists and the qualifications and looking the part. And by the way, I think you can come to the cross and be born again and stop right there if you're not careful and live the Christian life. But watch. But over here there's a different life altogether. This is the one where we lay our lives down at the cross. We surrender. He becomes in us. The Bible talks about if we be in Christ, we're a new creation. And we find everything that we need in Jesus Christ. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about a troubling situation. Here's a woman. And by the way, have you ever noticed that when problems come, they don't come one at a time? Anybody notice that besides me? They come in waves often. The challenges in the family. The challenges with our children. Are all happening at the same time. I I wonder sometimes God are and of course He's aware, but Lord, do you not see these things? I don't know how much more we can bear. That's where she was. She was dealing with death of her young husband that she loved. She was dealing with debt that could have taken <coughs> her two sons to be slaves. She's dealing with the daily responsibility of just caring for those boys. She has nothing in the house but a little tiny cruise of oil. She finds herself disturbed and distressed and even depressed at times. And a decision must be made. By the way, when you're in a moment of challenge, of crisis, of difficulty, you're going to make a decision. One way or the other, you're going to make a decision. You always do. It's your decision. I was watching you this morning, Ray. You're going to make a decision. You made a decision. I can either get depressed, lay around in waller, worry to death. I've had cancer, he could say. I had another bout. I had the virus. I'm free of it now. I'm sitting at home scared to death, wring my hands with worry that the cancer will occur again. That the challenges of my health will take me home. Or I can come and hear the choir sing that if you, if you realize and you believe he's been faithful, say amen. If you've been through the fire, say amen. And you can come and lift your hands in praise to God because God is faithful and he's good and I need that. By the way, it ain't just, it ain't just for anybody else. Sometimes I come in here because I need it. Amen. Though I come to worship God, I need not just my, consider the physical health my physical health which i want to do that by being careful in every way and we're challenging all of us to do that but i want to consider my spiritual health my emotional health together with the saints of god this troubling situation had taken so much from her and she had to make a choice by the way do you notice what the prophet asked her look at your bibles he asked her two questions don't you love it when you come to the man of god or you come to god and you ask him and he asks you more questions in response to what uh, you want a clear answer and he said in verse two what shall I do for thee what you want me to do for you what you looking for from God from me and then he asked her what hath thou in the house what do you have in your house and at first most people miss this she said watch this she said thy handmaid hath not anything in the house she first says nothing And then she proceeds to say, oh, yeah, there is that little pot, that little cruise. This word, I looked it up, is the word flask, or not like some of you are thinking right now. But uh, it's a small vessel for the anointing of the body. It's not a big pot like we think of pot like at home. But let me tell you what you're going to do, what I'm going to do. We're going to make a decision. Are you listening? Here's the decision we're going to make. We're either going to run to the TV When we're in a moment of crisis, and we're going to see, uh, maybe if my candidate gets in. Maybe if the country's in a better condition. Maybe I'll be all right then in the troubling situation. We're going to look to Washington or to somewhere else for our help or our encouragement or our hope. Or either we're going to look in a bottle or a can. Or we're going to look at a pill. Or some sort of something to hide from. Don't you notice what she did? I want you to listen to this very carefully. She went to the Word. You say, what do you mean? When you wanted to get to the Word in Bible days, before this was completed as a canon of Scripture, guess who you went to? You went to the prophet. In other words, she wasn't so concerned about what Elisha had to say, she wanted to know what the God of Elisha had to say. I'm telling you, church, listen to me. I'm talking about the Word in in the introduction. This Bible is so precious. It's so important. It's so crucial. Somebody asked one time, why haven't you gone to an iPad and preached from the iPad? Nothing wrong with electronics. But there's a lot of other junk on that electronics. This Bible, listen to me, contains and is the holy, inerrant, inspired Word of God. And I still treasure being able to carry it and hold it in my hand. It's set apart. It's different than everything else on those devices. The Bible. God's Word is a holy Word. And what she did was so wise when she found herself in such a troubling situation. She ran to Elisha. She came to the Word of God. Thinking about this a little bit, I I thought, Lord, what would motivate her? What would motivate her? And then I saw it. Do you want to look at this in Scripture? She said in verse 1, Thy servant, right in the middle of the verse. My husband is dead, and thou knowest, you know this, Elisha, that thy servant did fear the Lord. I want to say something strong to every man in this room. Every young man that one day will lead a family. Every man that is leading a family. Every teenage young man, I want to say something to you. Are you listening to me? Every gentleman in this room that's a husband or... Everybody in this room that happens to be a father, I want you to listen. I believe I saw in that little phrase why she went to the Word. Why she went to God. Listen to me. Could it have been because in the life while this young man was alive, he taught his family. He loved the Word of God. He taught it to his wife and his children. They read God's Word in their home and family so that when he was dead and gone, when problems came and troubles arose and the children were about to be taken off as slaves, that his wife would run to the Word. Sir is that the economy in your family? Does your wife see you getting in the Word of God? Do they awake in the mornings for you to open the Bible? Or do you have the newspaper open? Or the news zone to find out what somebody that don't have any sense wants to tell you what's going on? I'm telling you, the wisdom comes from the Word of God. We stand on God's Word. Men, will you be a man of the Word? Can this be the year when you shift and become a solid Man of God and a man of the word for your family, I promise you one day in eternity you'll hug my neck and we'll hug necks and rejoice that it all changed on this morning if you'll establish that as the economy of your home and family. And Will and Emily, as you embark upon building a marriage, I'm challenging you. You've been raised to love and know the word of God. I remember when you were just a little boy. Four years old, three, four years old. They'd say, we'll quote this for Pastor Tom. We'll quote this. And you would spit them out like nobody's business. I'm challenging you in your years after growing up in a Christian home. And even if you didn't, to become and be that man of the word for her and for those that will follow in your family. Oh, listen. This is so crucial. Crucial. What if she had not come? What we're going to see this miracle in a moment, if she had never run to the man of God, if she had never come to God's Word, they would have never experienced it. Number one, the troubling situation. Number two, I promise you the rest of them ain't that long. That's my my landing spot right there. Number one, a troubling situation. Number two, a telling suggestion. A telling suggestion. Look at verse 3. The Bible says, Then he, Elisha, said, Go borrow thee vessels. Borrow. I can almost hear her say, Borrow? That's what got us in this mess in the first place. Borrowing? I'm in debt right now. What do you mean borrow? And listen, listen, though. Listen, ma'am. Borrow thee vessels of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. He said, Now, I want you to go borrow. You'll be able to give them back one day, but go borrow. And borrow them of your neighbors. Now I want you to imagine this. Already you're a widow. By the way, they tell me women in this church that have experienced it have shared with me how hard that is, how intimidating. I hope we're sensitive to that. When they come walking back into this church some after many years alone. You know what we need to do? Scoop them all up. Slide them beside us. Love them and honor them and encourage them. But instead she was called upon to go and borrow more from her neighbors, they could have been talking. They're like some of our neighbors. Go borrow these vessels; could be embarrassing. But but then, if it'd be one thing for a widow to say, "Well, you, can I have a little oil and meal in those vessels?" But no, she's to ask for them to be empty. They'll think she's nuts. Borrow empty vessels, and don't get a few of them; get a pile of them. A telling. Suggestion. Now, this would determine whether or not she had faith enough to believe God. I can almost hear her saying, "But I only have this little teeny pot of oil. How can? Why would I need a big vessel that stands four feet high in circumference, large to pour? Because that little bit of oil wouldn't fill that up. She could have asked all those questions, but you don't see her asking a question at all. By the way, can I ask you a question? Have you ever made room for your miracle?" If God's calling you to do something, have you prepared for it? Did you stretch yourself out? Did you get the training you need? By the way, I'm going to go ahead and say something right now. And it may be the most unlikely people in the room that will respond to it. There's going to be an opportunity for two to three men in this church to be a part of a discipleship training for a year or more where scriptures will be memorized, commitments of time in the Word, and then the gospel will be, I don't know who will be the ones God will call to do it. However, there's going to be those opportunities. There are going to be other opportunities to serve. There are going to be other opportunities to grow and learn. Hey, Wednesday night, I, I cannot, literally cannot wait. Pastor Cameron is leading us to do something that I'm so excited about. You know what? Everybody else is canceling this and, and postponing that. We, we've we asked God, how can we do do it without canceling or postponing? We didn't want to cancel Sunday school, so we didn't. We moved it. How do you move it? Well, we move it to Wednesday. How do you do it? How do you do it and properly socially distance and protect your people? I'll tell you how you do it. You, you respond to God years before and build a big old building. And then you have a teacher come up on Wednesday night for 20 minutes and teach the text. And then we scatter out. Can you imagine this? All up in the upper balconies and the side balconies. And some of them are in this corner. Can you imagine us scattering and sitting around? Properly socially distanced, then discussing what we just heard taught. That's what we're about to do. We're calling it Wednesdays in the Word. Wow, W-O-W, Wednesdays of the Word, is that it? Wednesdays of the Word, something like that. Word, no, no, never mind. Word on Wednesdays. That's new to me too. I'm excited about it. I don't know what the name of it is, but I'm coming. <laughs> Word on Wednesday. Listen to me. I've already had people that never been to Sunday school. It's been a long time to say, hey, I'm coming to that. Imagine a master teacher teaching. All I'm saying to you, <clears throat> listen to me, is have you made room for your miracle? You can't sit where you've been sitting doing the same thing and expect God to do something different. It's time to grow, it's time to embrace the new year and ask God what He has for you. That's what I want. Have you made room for your miracle? Do you trust God? Do you trust His Word? Hey, you know what I can imagine right now in this story? Here's this mama. She she hears the prophet. And she goes and tells her boys, Boys, I want you to go get those vessels. She's hardly said it. And they're busting out the door. Can you hear the screen door slam? They're busting out the door because they, Hey, they don't want to leave their mama. They don't want to become slaves. They just lost their daddy. And so they're out at neighbors, door to door. They're saying, Hey, can I borrow? My mama wants to borrow a big old pot. Do you have three of them? Can I have another? And they bring them all home, arms filled, and drop them off. Then they head back out again. Neighbor after neighbor, they ask. Can you see them? There's hope in their heart. There's faith in their heart. Maybe God is going to do something for us here. They get all those vessels in the house. I'm talking about a telling, a telling suggestion. Go borrow vessels. Borrow more of them. Borrow not a few. Make sure they're empty now. Number three, I'm hurrying. I want you to see, thirdly, the treasured solution. Hey, olive oil was treasured in the Middle East. still is. You know how many olives you have to press to get just a little bit of oil? I mean, and by the way, I love olive oil. Can I just say that? Anybody in this room like to go to those Italian restaurants? and Put that oil on there, a little green stuff. <laughs> Take that bread. Dip Country people call it dipping in the sop. Yeah, I heard you. Sopping it. Well, it's the way Jesus did it. Dip that in that. I love olive oil, not just for eating. It flavors food wonderfully, makes the best Italian dressing. But not just for my personal preferences. They used it for medicinal purposes. This was anointing oil, not only spiritual anointing, but for medical purposes and so many other uses. It's treasured. The treasured solution. Oil was valued. It was a very, one of the most valued commodities. They used it every day. Now the scene. I can almost imagine this. I can almost see it with my mind's eye. The door closes. All the vessels are in the room. Let's imagine the room is a little larger than this platform. There's pots and vessels stacked up everywhere. The prophet specifically says shut the door. Upon you and your children. By the way, he could have said, just you go in there, ma'am. But he didn't. There's a, there's a truth here. will don't you listen to me? Why do you think those boys were to be brought in? Can you see the door closing? And those boys are gathering around their mother. And she picks up that first small little flask. And she takes a big, big, huge pot that you would see in Bible days. And she started to pour and she poured, she continued, and oil kept coming out of that little, that little bitty cruise of oil, and it filled up that whole massive pot. Can you see the boys' eyes getting big? And then mamas. You can see the smiles breaking out on their faces as they set that one aside. They can barely lift it, all three of them. And then, here, bring me another one. And they pour fully, it fills up. And then another, and it fills up, and then another, and someone said... That she struck oil. (laughs) Heavenly oil. A lot of things come to my mind when I think about this. She begins to pour out. They're so excited. But you know I look at my life sometimes and I know you've done the same thing. Especially when I was younger. This morning I looked over on this side. Y'all know Paul Worley in our church. Paul Michelle. Paul was sitting right over here and I illustrated him in the early hour. Might as well do it now. I remember Paul coming in this church with Rodney Pope. He was just a boy. They were buddies. Paul couldn't hardly look in the eye, Chuck. He was as timid, quiet. Who would have dreamed with well, that, just that little bit of gifting? Just a little. God knew what he had down inside. God knew the potential of what that little bit could become that he would marry him a godly woman from West Virginia. And the two of them would. Conceive and bear and raise two little old girls That would love Jesus Christ And raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Who would know That along with our team up there He would be a part of technology That would touch hundreds and thousands of people With the gospel In a moment just like right now Besides the professional uh, success that he's experienced Who would have ever dreamed that I'll tell you who God, that's who You can't see it and I can't see it and you're right now giving excuses why you can't do this and you can't do that. I'm telling you it's not what you can do but what you will do this year. Get your tail in the house of God. Get your Bible down. Get your little bit of oil you got and pour it out to God. Pour it out before Him and give Him that and He'll take it and He'll use it. You're important to Him. There's a reason why He brought you here. Somebody stood up in our early, in our pastor's Breakfast this morning and said, "You know, the Lord let it. We rode drove by for we've driven by for ten years this church. Till one day John Cooper invited me. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the rest of the story. I'm not gonna point him out. I don't want to embarrass him. I want him to come back because I want to be a part. But this this sweet lady, as a therapist, she was." Working with a patient. Somebody else was there. and She talked about how she used to be a member of this church. So our friends. Their families. Considering our church. Said. She asked her. Tell me about. You know. They're thinking about coming here. She said. Well we left there. So she said. Well. Oh you did. Yeah. We left there. She said. All the time. They're just preaching on sin. and Stuff like that. (laughs) You know what it did to our lady. Who's here this morning. She said. Man. That sounds like a church for me. Right there. (laughs) One that'll tell the truth. In spite of it oh listen all I'm telling you is take what little you got you might think you're the least in the room I would argue I was the least in the room but God I remember old Wayne y'all remember Wayne White when he was here some of you were here years ago he used to sing that song when others see a shepherd boy God sees a king your little bit of old matters to God Your little bit of talent, your little bit of gifts don't need to be given to the world, don't need to be given to the clubs, need to be given to Jesus Christ and laid on an altar for him. And he'll take it and do things with your life like you never could have imagined. But he just poured the the treasured solution pouring out. I'm interested in what happens in verse 6, and I'm coming in for landing. Last point in just a moment. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, and it came to pass when the vessels were full. I can hear her say uh, to her son, son, grab me one more vessel. He said, mama, there, there are no more. Bring me yet a vessel more. Bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, there, there is not a vessel more. Look at the next statement. It's kind of sad. And the oil stayed. Stopped. You know what happens? When the faith stops, the miracle stops. Do you believe that? That's what happened right here. Hey, if they'd have had 10 more vessels in there, how many believe they'd have been full? Oh, yes. I wonder how much faith you have for this coming year. Have you bought in to the national media or the political world or your neighbors and friends that tell you that life never going to be anymore like it was? Things are getting bad they're gonna get worse remember Slep rock that his name on the old Flintstone cartoons he would walk around there'd be this cloud over his head raining on him it wouldn't rain on nobody else just rain on him all the time let me tell you something about Slep rocks they're everywhere get away from them they'll wet you down they'll mess you up I love them from a distance pray for them but I want to be around people that believe God. And they might not have much oil, but they got a little bit. And what they've got, they're going to give to God. And the oil stopped. Thank God, though, when it stopped, there were pots all over that house filled with oil. She went from being one of the poorest women in town to one of the richest women in town just like that. What a miracle. And then the Bible says the last truth is this. The tremendous celebration In verse 7 The Bible says Then she came And I bet she didn't just come I can see her tearing off Down that road She came and told the man of God And he said Go sell the oil And pay thy debt By the way If it's going to take them Both them boys It must have been a big debt And oil valuable Go sell it Pay your debt And then he said There will be a lot left over Live thou and thy children of the rest. You won't be finished With your money There will be more there He didn't even have to go Look count it He knew there'd be plenty for her, for the future. Faith for the future. I didn't say it a minute ago, but I think you got it. The reason why them boys were in that room was because the next generation needs to see somebody loving and honoring and following God and having faith. This morning I was watching Asher. Yep. Yep. And Becky, and in the early service, Ryan, you weren't sitting with him. I tell you who was with him. Uh, Isaac was sitting with him. Now Ryan's with him. And Ronnie Calder was sitting right behind where you two ladies are, that next section. And, <clears throat> and Ronnie got blessed during that Amen song, and I saw him lift both hands to heaven. I like to watch him get blessed. The Lord's been good to us to bring us some church of God people and others from the, uh, those realms. And years gone by and I get blessed myself I like to see him he got blessed and them boys were looking straight at him. and I was sitting behind them thinking thank you God thank you God that the next generation gets to see some old times singing and preaching and praying worshiping God that's why we have to keep things where they need to be here prioritize what's important minimize and remove those things that are not oh So sweet. What a celebration. I could see them boys saying, Mama, come on, let's go tell the man of God. And out the door, they all three go running down the road. I got a glimpse of that in the morning, early hour, because it was when my father died. It was my little brother and me and mother living at home in that little house in Winston, Salem. Boy, if something like this came our way, we'd have busted out that door to run to tell somebody. They got to the man of God and they told him what happened. He said, I'll tell you what you do. They had so much joy. God had shown up through his word. By the way, did Elisha do this? No. Who did it? God did it. All the celebration. Man, God said, you go pay your bill. And then, by the way, do go pay your bill. Don't just leave that thing undone. Pay your bills. Live thou and thy children of the rest. Let me close. We live in a world with so little hope. Are y'all noticing that? people you know and love they've lost hope lost people there's a new, sh- new show on um, PBS I saw it one evening this week and it must be like Monday or Tuesday it's an hour long show it's kind of a docu-series on the American dream and they highlighted some single people and some married people and some immigrants that had come from other places on the fact of chasing the American dream And it was so heartbreaking to see so much of their heart put into finding the right person, getting a house to live in. That was their dream. And then when they found it, if they ever did, many did not. They found it to be hollow and empty. You see, what's really important, hope, real hope, is found only in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We know that. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great, for his great love wherein he loved us. I wonder what God has for you this year. I wonder what God has for me this year. Hey, you'd be willing to give me a little bit of oil here. I ask the Lord, will you show me, Lord, where the gospel is in this text? Will you show me so I can say it to your people? There may be somebody here this morning that's lost. In fact, I'm pretty sure about every time we gather, this many people, there's somebody that may have got a little religion but they've never been changed by the power of the gospel never really fell in love with it and I saw it I saw that heavily laden with debt that woman heavily laden with debt. hey that was me the debt of my sin and death and hell was looming over my soul I couldn't pay it there was no way for me to see on the other side of it. I was burdened down with sin. The sad thing is, some of the time, I didn't even know it. And a lot of the people you know without hope don't even know it. We pray the Holy Spirit will show them. But laden with heavy burden of debt, God the Father, who is rich in everything, mercy and grace, looked over and said to His Son, Son, I want you to go down there. And redeem that boy right there. I want you to go and pay his sin debt. I want you to go. You're the only one qualified. You've never sinned one time. And pay the debt for him by going to an old rugged cross. Where they will mutilate you and beat you. And then hang you there between heaven and earth. And I want you to die for him. And them. And everybody else is hopeless. Will you do it? Jesus said, Father, you know I'll do it. And he came. He went to the cross. And he paid the debt. Hey, have you cashed in on that? Have you put your faith in what he did for you on that cross? Hey, I'm not asking if you believe in God. I hear that all the time. When I ask somebody about their salvation, I believe in God. Well, the Bible says the devils believe and tremble. I'm asking you to lay your life down. Surrender at the foot of the cross and cry out to God, Lord, I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me and save me. I will be your child. I turn from my sin. I'm crying out to you. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Oh, in a moment just like this, so many of us have come to faith in Jesus. The Spirit of God is at work. We're listening. <clears throat> I wonder... Quietness of this moment Who knows you need Jesus right now The Holy Ghost has been knocking at your heart Drawing you, convicting you Showing you your need of a Savior Would you right now turn to Jesus Admit to God Your condition and your need of a Savior Will you do it? Will you cry out to Him right now Like this woman cried out to God Lord I'm in trouble and I need you You're the only one that can save me Wash me God Redeem me I believe what you did on that cross. Those of you that are saved, I wonder if you'll let God take all the last year and every mess you ever made before then and redeem all of that, which is what He came to the cross to do, pay for all of it. And will you look to the future with me, with that little bit of oil, that little bit of capacity you have, and will you make some room with some new vessels and new dreams and new opportunities. Will you come and study the Word with us on Wednesdays? Will you, will you get in a Bible study, a prayer group, a small group? Will you say, Lord, I want more. I don't just want to spend my wheels. I want my life to count for you and the gospel. What if God's got something big for you this year? Hey, would you say, well, no thanks, Lord. I'd have to change my schedule. I'd have to quit some of these extra things in order to have time for you or would you say God you're first I surrender to you then when it came time to serve at the core of ministry be a part of discipleship or worship it wouldn't be a problem for you this year if he's on the throne Father this is your invitation these are your people this is your church thank you God thank you for speaking and moving